the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Football fans, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. And we are back for another round of what we call Joe Talk, and that's me, Joe Serpico. And on the other side of the mic is my man, Joe Brobeck. What's going on? What is up? Uh... How much the AAC is about to make us up? Quite a bit. I'll take seven mil. Yeah. Curious to see how much we're going to get out of that. Zero. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously the basis of this show, we originally planned to just ask each other a couple questions and a couple things a little bit out there, but obviously there was breaking news yesterday, and that was the uh, American signing a new 12-year deal with ESPN for a whopping $1 billion. Number fell short of the uh, $10 million that I predicted a couple episodes ago, but I think we're both in agreement that seven, well, roughly $7 million per school, which is up $5 million compared to what they were, is a win for just about everybody. Yeah, it's it's a nice step. Obviously, they still have a ways to go before they're in power conference territory, but it was still, I, I don't know. I, you see the people that are saying that it's a good thing, and then you have the other people who are like, this is stupid, it doesn't mean anything. It's like they, they're not going to get everything in one deal. You know, you got to have baby steps first and then go from there. Yeah, no arguments with that, obviously. I mean, they can't just come in out of the woodwork and just be like, all right, make us the number three paid media deal just because theirs is up now. But then I guess the biggest thing that people are really talking about in that deal, honestly, is the whole fact that there there was no agreement inside the conference that programs can't get out if they want to. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I thought that that would be – I mean, I thought they would make everyone almost sign up for that because, I mean, we all know it now. The the Power Five, they're going to eventually start getting into their new media deals soon, and that's when the whole talk of realignment is going to happen all over again. I mean, we know that's eventually going to come again. And then, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that – most people think that the American is where they're going to get poached from. So I think that if you're the American, that's the thing you're most worried about. But at the same time, like if you're all 12 of these schools, well, I guess I, I guess that's the other question I, I guess I'm kind of curious to figure out is how does this. So there's a lot of these schools are obviously that they play every sport, but then like a school like Navy you know, they only play one sport in the conference, so it's football. And then you, on the flip side, you got Wichita State, who doesn't play football, but they have everything else in the conference. So I'm kind of curious how that works out for those schools. I don't know if you know any details on that. Uh, no. Okay, I've kind of figured that was going to be the answer. Yeah, it's it'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how things turn out. But I mean, five million dollars for we talked about it for a school like ECU or even UConn, who's in that huge hole that they put themselves in. I mean, that's a good chunk of change compared to what the rest of the group of five. Because now I think we could safely say that 
you know, it's a group of four, then the American, then the Power Five. I don't think they're. You know, I think everybody can agree that they are. This deal doesn't even put them in Power Six territory because they're still well behind the other two power conferences that they are often compared to being the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's so many things with this deal that we could talk about and it's just, uh, yeah, it was just interesting. It was one of those things like we were expecting it, but then when it actually happened, it's just kind of like, okay, this it's happening. Let's, what's going on? Like, what does it mean? What's going to happen in the future? One of my questions I'm going to ask you later has to do with this. So I'm curious to see. How you're going to answer that? All right, I guess I can kind of ask you one of my questions because I kind of a little bit alluded it there. Uh, obviously, the big topic that's going to keep coming up every year, I said it not too long ago, is this whole realignment. So one of my questions for you is, and this is going to, going to take a little bit for you, I guess, but basically, if you can go through... I won't make you do the whole thing, but your top six that would be the most likely to leave the conference. Top six of the 12? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you want to do all 12, go ahead. I don't want to be here all day like our last one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy to put together the teams that are having the most success right now. So that'd be UCF, Houston. Memphis, but so I mean UCF is the obvious one, just because of what they're doing right now and where they're in Florida. Houston's their proximity to the Big Twelve. See the other thing, it's it's you could look at because if we're just going off success, you just pick the top six teams. But then when it comes down to where they go, like where would Memphis go if they leave? You know, like they, it seems like that's, they, that's it, the thing. The only place they could go potentially is like the 12. ACC or the big. Well, I would say the ACC because they're on the coast, but well, they're not even on the coast. Yeah, I was but, gonna say, yeah, that's like. But the Big Twelve coast. doesn't make sense either. Then again, think, West Virginia and the Big Twelve doesn't make sense. So, I think Memphis is kind of stuck in their spot. Yeah, but like. Well then, so I so guess I don't ha- I, so I don't have them in my top six. I have them just outside of it. I have them at seven though. Let's see. If I had so okay, I'll just pick a top six and then we'll analyze it later. So UCF, Houston. I guess USF has to be put in there just because of they're with UCF, Cincinnati. Uh, SMU. That's six, right? Or is that uh, five? That's five. five and then I don't, I can't decide between like ECU or Temple. I'll just say Temple, just because like ECU sucks right now. What's your six? Okay, okay I'm I'm ba- almost kind of on board with you. What? I, okay, I have Houston number one for for the most obvious reasons. They have. You know the financial uh, wherewithal to just immediately compete in the Big Twelve. They've got the head coach, 
and you said everything, you know, the ties to the Big 12, it just makes too much sense. So Houston won. UCF and USF, I think I agree with you there, too. They kind of go together. I think wherever one goes, the other one probably follows suit. Uh, but my number my number three team, actually, I have that even before um, the two Florida schools, is actually UConn. And that's more because can we actually see them drop down in sports other than basketball? Because there's because of the whole financial situation that they put themselves in. Well, football, I think they were doing better at FCS level than they are at the FBS level. Yes. So and and granted, everybody has their you know their lumps coming out. I mean, the perfect example is ECU, but UConn's on this very very deep slope in the wrong direction right now. Right. So I didn't I even think, think about well, like that option. Of them just like not not even going to a different conference, but just moving down. So I, I guess I agree with that one. And then Cincinnati being another one, which I you know obviously makes too much sense. And then well, where, so you're thinking would they go Big Ten? Who's that? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Where would they go? I would think probably Big Ten. Yeah. Should Big Ten decide to? That's the thing. Like, you know, we're all supposedly hearing that these super conferences might go to 16. So, I mean, it also depends on what goes on with those schools as well. But I do think that Cincinnati has shown that in all sports, it can compete. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to six is where it gets hard for me, because for me, it's either Temple or SMU. SMU has the better history in football temple has a better history in basketball so you got to like cons- you know i mean you got to consider both things but then like you know memphis for me is just sitting right there but like i said I, I you know i feel like they are almost in the perfect conference for them so i don't know if there is a place for them to ever go well so that, i guess there's this is a question i just thought of is so we'll go through those teams again so UCF and USF, where just quick, where would they go? Well, I, I it would probably be between the ACC. Mm-hmm. I think it would make the most sense, or I mean, just because based on geography, I guess the SEC. But so let's let's go ACC because I think that's more feasible and more I think realistic. Makes, I think that's more realistic because I because. Then you get all the other games that are tied in with there, too, all the Florida teams playing each other. Okay, so then the ACC has, what, four, 14 teams right now? Is it 14? I, I believe 14. you're right. Let me look. I have it right here. Two, four, six, seven, two, four, six, seven. Yeah, 14. So where where in those – so then it would be 16 if you put UCF and USF in there. Where do they rank in the ACC? That's the other hard part is, like – you're putting teams in there, but do they actually belong? Well, let's see. UCF just beat up on Pitt, right? So we know. So we know they can go in there and do that. Um, so they can they can compete in the coastal, but where do they rank? Where would they be in the Atlantic? Probably better than Louisville. I would put them ahead of Wake. Yeah. They could probably beat Boston College. I was just about to say Boston College. Syracuse is up and down. I mean, Syracuse is doing pretty well now with Dino Babers, but it wasn't that long ago they weren't doing crap. Yeah. 
NC State, they're always – you never know what you're going to get with them. Some years are good. Some years are terrible. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, if you put them on the Atlantic side, it would be – they would just be probably just another one of these teams that we just mentioned because mm-hmm. they're not competing with Clemson. I mean <laughs> – No. I mean, they're – Clemson, you know, it's Alabama, Clemson, and everybody else. Right. But even like even if you put them on the other side, if you put them on the coastal side, all right. So Miami probably beats up on them for the first couple of years, but you get those in Florida games. Yeah, Georgia Georgia Tech you know, is another team. Like I kind of just said about some of these other teams, some years are good, some years there's not. Uh, Virginia Tech is has historically been good the past couple decades, but you know we got to really see how things go under Justin Fuentes at this point. UNC, you never know what you're going to get football-wise. Duke, I mean, most of the time is not a good football program. So I, I, you know, if you brought those two in there, I'm not saying they're instantly contending because they're a long ways behind Clemson and Miami, but they can compete with an NC State and Louisville and Georgia Tech and Virginia. You think, you're talking UCF, right? I, well, I'm saying both. I'm you think, not saying you think USF can compete right now. Right, I'm talking right, right now. Oh, we're talking right now. I'm talking about pro like programs. I'm I'm talking like as a program. I think USF as a program would be able to compete with those others. Right hmm. now, no. Okay. No. Now the USF, the current team, would probably be in the bottom half of the league. But yeah. I do, like I said, I think if you put them in the grand scheme of things. In the ACC, give them five years to you know do their recruiting thing, kind of even things out a little bit. I I don't see why they're not on the same level as a Wake or UNC or Georgia Tech. I mean, just because those schools, it's not like they're winning regularly. That's true. That and then true. when. The Americans had their games against Pitt. I mean, Pitt was a perfect example. UCF has just beat up on them twice now. Or, no, excuse me, once, and they're getting about to do it again this year. I hope so. All right, so I guess who asked the – did you ask me last question, I guess, there? I have a good. All right, there's the question I want. Well, to ask. hold on. Are we do, are we done with the media deal? We kind of sorry. We kind of sidetracked into. I mean, what else is there to say? There, not much. I just want to make sure you didn't have anything else to say about that. No, not necessarily about that. My my main question was that I asked you, and I was I kind of figured you wouldn't really know. Was the whole thing about Wichita, you know, not having a football team? If that means they get less or something, uh, I was. But they, should, that, they should get less. They don't bring anything in. I mean, that's kind of how I feel, too. I mean, no, they bring something in basketball-wise. Their basketball team, at least their crowd, is the best in the conference. Not even close. That's fair. Right, we're going to – I'm going to talk basketball. Even though we do mostly college football, we are going to talk a little bit of basketball in a little bit since it is tournament time. But here's here's a question that I wanted to ask Joe last week, but we kind of ran a little bit too long. And I think it's a great question. Um, 
it's spring right now, so a lot of these teams are out there practicing right now. And almost all of them will have a spring game at some point, some a lot sooner than others. But my question for you, Joe, is would you rather see teams play a scrimmage against another school instead of these inter-squad spring games that we see on the regular now? So the obvious answer for me is yes, I would rather see a scrimmage than a spring game. But the problem with that is you don't have there there are high school kids that you're getting coming in that aren't on campus yet. So I think coaches would have a hard time agreeing to that when their numbers are lower than they are. Uh, just because they don't get a chance to see what those kids can do. So I feel like they'd have to move the dates. Uh, and then the second thing, obviously, is injuries. I don't know how many coaches would want to risk getting a kid hurt going into scrimmage when they've only had like a month of practice. But I would like to see that. That would be interesting. What's the difference between a scrimmage and the spring game? They're playing against each other. Yeah, but they they have some control over who's going against who and all that stuff. Whereas a scrimmage is you never really know what's going to happen. Which a lot of coaches would would take a – they would say in terms of protecting their players, they'd take a a spring game. But I agree there's – you know, you can get hurt – the kids could get hurt walking to practice, so it's not like anything's guaranteed just because you have a spring game over a scrimmage. I think financially it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, both schools can make a good chunk of change off of a game like so this. So would, Al- would Alabama just scrimmage an FCS team? Probably. That's what they, I mean, that's regular on their schedule. They're afraid to play... I mean, they're afraid to play the American. We know that. Are they? We just said we just said UCF would be like. They're not in the middle of the ACC. I don't think Alabama's too worried about it. They're they're not, but at the same time, they would probably scrimmage. I don't know. Abilene Christian. Yeah, there you go. Fairly Dickinson. I'm just naming some. They're more worried about how they're going to beat Clemson in round five after getting stomped. That is very, very true. I just watched I just watched that game today, by the way, and I just couldn't get over it. Like Clemson just took it to them. That's the only national championship game in probably the past ten years where I've turned it off because it was just a beatdown. Yeah, it, I, well, I and the, it was sixteen fourteen. Bama was winning, then they didn't score again. Finals. Mm-hmm. Or Clemson scored 30 straight points. Yeah, it was just... And the other thing... We're going to get off track, but... The other thing is, Tua looks so confident all year, and then they get to this game, and it's just like... It was a completely different offense. I agree with that. I don't think that ankle was really ready. Well, yeah, there is that, too. I don't think that, you know. So I think that's what scared him a little bit, and then you saw that going in the game that it, it messed with him a little bit. But I am in a 
in favor of scrimmages as opposed to spring games because i think they can you know there's so much marketing you can do you get the you know if you can't put that game together okay so like think hypothetical last year we everybody wanted to see alabama play ucf why not do it in a scrimmage you could they would both schools would have made a good chunk of change off of that because everybody wanted to see that game but then if if you're ucf and you get waxed you're like okay who cares it was just a scrimmage that's true. And then, like I said, everybody walks home with a little bit more paper in their pockets, which, if you're the NCAA, you're always considering. Yeah, there obviously there's a lot more. I'm sure there's probably there's probably a reason why they don't. I'm sure there is probably a rule out there that you and I don't know. Right. But it's to me, it just makes a whole lot more sense. Like, I'm not even saying that you have to go like. You know, if you're Alabama, go go play Clemson, or even no, I mean, maybe I even went too far by saying UCF. I'm if you are uh, Temple, for example, why not go play Penn State or Villanova? You know I mean, somebody close to you, or Rutgers or something like. Or if you want to go down, or if you want to go in the South, Miami and UCF, or Miami and USF, or USF and FA. You know what I mean? Like you know teams that are close to each other so you take away the whole travel part of it and then you obviously will have people come see the game because it is a local matchup right i think there's quit tempting me with a good time i think that there's money to be made there i'm honestly surprised that this hasn't happened yet so that's why i think there is got to be some rule that's preventing it from yeah, I mean, I, okay, so I think it it probably has to do with the fact that they're quote unquote amateurs, and there's only so much time you're allowed to have with them. So like, I don't know, but I guess if you're replacing a spring game, how is that any different? Maybe because you're traveling. I think that could be the only thing, travel. They but it, like you said, that... if you keep it, the the other thing is obviously that kind of limits what you can do you know you ucf can't go to play oregon or somebody like that you know like, oh, no, no 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 you know you stay local but god now i just want to go through and look at what scrimmages i would want ucf miami that would be fun i mean there's you could start going through a whole bunch memphis tennessee you know memphis versus tennessee smu versus you name the whole state houston against the whole state <laughs> tulane against all of louisiana I mean, you just uh, go down the list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tulane would get. Mur- well, no. Tulane would hold their own against all well, they, but one. They. Yeah. Except LSU. Yeah. I think I, the yeah, cool think thing would be there's it, money to be made there. It's like in high school where you go, you go to some other school or you host whatever, and there's like three other schools that are there with you, and then you just rotate. Yep. You could do that too. So, like, it would be. Throw in, you'd go UCF, Miami. Even, okay, not to cut you off, but even if, like, say you don't want to go full-on pads against each other, things like that, do seven-on-sevens with your guys. You know what I mean? Like, UCF versus Miami. Do you want to watch seven-on-seven, though? People will. You know people will, man. I don't. Yeah, but some people out there will. I, I, I know that, but... And that's all it takes... That's literally all it will take. And then if you're the conference, 
any conference for that factor, you air the game, more money. That's TV, true. I mean, you you schedule any of these games, they're going to put on ESPN's going to line up. You know what I mean? Like they're going to line up for them. And since they're scrimmages, maybe you know they're not technically part of the conference games. You can get even more money out of it because you can, if you're Alabama, you can demand more. Yeah, that's true. Then, then you know, you know, or kind of like when Mayweather goes into a fight, he always demands more because he's, you know, he's the big name in it. So Alabama can be like, all right, we get seventy percent, you get thirty. But if you're the other school, you're like, I'll take that thirty percent because it's more than I'm usually getting. Especially if it's like a school like Mercer or something along those lines. God, now all I'm going to think about is who I want for a scrimmage. Do like Memphis, Tennessee in a scrimmage? Ooh. I like that one. Yeah, I mentioned that one. Would you, are you not paying attention to me? But I really like that one. I don't like listening to you. Yeah, I don't blame you. You bring up all these good ideas, and now you have me thinking, so now I'm not listening to you. I got one more really good one. You sound like my wife. I don't. She says I don't listen to her. Well, you don't listen to me, obviously. Well, I, I don't, I'm a horrible listener to her, too. I'll admit that. We're men. God. Things just go in one ear and out the other sometimes. ECU could scrimmage North Carolina. NC State. NC State. Duke. Duke, you know what I mean? There's options out there. Sign me up. I'm on board. All right, what's your other question? My next question. We talked a lot come bowl season, actually even before bowl season, because I kind of called out Nick Bosa when he decided to basically call it quits and not play the rest of the season. It's a big thing in football. You know, you see a lot of these guys who decide to not play in bowl games because they don't want to jeopardize their draft stock at the uh, next level. So my question to you is, again, it's tournament time. So why don't we see the big-name basketball players, a.k.a. Zion Williamson, sitting out in postseason games like we see football players sitting out in postseason games? Because basketball is far less of a contact sport. I mean, that's yes. I know. I it's know the only can, reason. It's the. I mean, yes. That that was the obvious answer. But kind of like you said, anybody can get hurt walking to class, walking to practice, walking to their car. It doesn't matter. These guys. I mean, the injury that like really stuck in my mind, like, and was the kid from Louisville a couple of years ago. Kevin uh, Ware. Was it Kevin? I wanted to call him Kevin Smith. Was it Kevin Ware? His bones stuck through his leg. Yes. You know what I mean? So like, well, what is stopping that to happening to either Zion or there's the kid down in Murray State, or, or any of the guys at Duke? I guess we should say, or the couple of guys that are at Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like that potential is out there, but you don't see these guys sitting out like we see in football. And yes, the obvious answer is football is way more demanding on the body. You know, you can basically break a leg on any play. 
but at least you know what I mean like these guys do have the option if they really want to if you're Zion you know you're the number one pick in the draft he could have after that scare he had a couple weeks ago he could shut it down too just like Nick Bosa did he's he playing could've. he's playing yeah it's I just yeah it's obvious I mean the obvious answer is that obviously it's very less taxing on the body so they have more energy and they're they're healthier than a football player would be and one game one football game is just so much more risky than like three whole basketball games or six seven whatever it takes to win a championship here i don't know it's it is interesting that you don't hear that more often I don't know. I think a lot of guys that are going to the draft have a lot to prove still. So, like, the, what is his name, John Morant or whatever from Murray State. Like, I I think he has a lot to prove because he's got to prove he can play against the best and still put up those kind of numbers. I I don't know who they played this year, so I could be wrong, but he's got something to prove. But yeah, like I like Zion or RJ Barrett doesn't really have much to prove anymore. Kind of know what you can do. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you basically hit the nail on the head. It's like the Morant has to, the national audience doesn't know who he is. So this is like his coming out party this tournament, so it makes sense for him to play, but like like I said, Zion who we we all know at this point is probably going number 1. He doesn't have anything to prove at this point other than if he wants to win that national championship. Mm-hmm. And then we could talk – I mean, we could just go down the line of guys who were the number one picks in recent years, and you could make the same argument. Why didn't they? But on football – and, yeah, I think it's I think it's the easy way out to say just because, you know, you get hurt more. You, I mean, you can get hurt, and, like you said. You can get in a car crash tomorrow. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, I think also with football, one injury can affect your draft stock a ton versus Zion's injury pretty much didn't even do anything to his draft stock. Oh, no, they were – I mean, that was more precautionary anyways. Right. I I don't think – I mean, we all know that – I mean, if anything, I believe it was Nike took more damage than anybody in that one. Right, Right? yeah. They were Nike shoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they they got some damage out of that more than you know they were just playing it safe. If we go hold them out until the ACC tournament, and then we'll see what happens from there. Which I I thought it was hilarious that people were giving Nike a bunch of slack because one of one of their millions of shoes that they've made blew out because a freak of nature is too powerful for one shoe. Right? A shoe a shoe that's made for Paul George a shooting guard that doesn't have near the force of zion williamson it's like people are just oh nike shoe blew out like you sky is falling it's no, no look at look at the factors that are going into it all right you're up all right let's see what oh okay so kind of going with with our media deal my question is what is more likely to happen within the next few years describe few okay let's just do the whole let's just do the media deal 
within the next 12 years. What is more likely to happen? The AAC makes the playoff or six teams leave the conference. Ooh. Six teams? Sure, just because we said six. Nah, six I think is too many. So I don't see that happening. So then let's go, how about four? No, let's do three, just because four would leave eight teams in the conference. I mean, four, I I can see four. I actually can see four. Six, I don't see, just because, I mean, the little bit that we talked about earlier, like the, the likelihood to leave, like both of us were kind of on the fence about five and six, but we totally agreed on at least four. I think you and I both agreed on Houston, USF, UCF, and Cincinnati. Right. So four, so those four teams leaving or the American getting to the playoff. Or when both. Is they make the playoff and then four teams leave. Ooh. Yeah, that's definitely not <laughs> The chances of that happening would just be ridiculous. I'm going to... I can't believe I'm about to say this, but yeah, I'm going to say that four teams leave. It's that sad. Uh, I mean, I hate saying that, but. And I agree with you. It's just, it's so hard to say just because you want, you want the progress that they've been making to continue, but you also have to kind of be realistic. I mean, you just got to think about, I mean, we just talked about Clemson and Alabama. We are not on that level yet. I'm sorry. We're just not. I mean, there's only two schools that are there, but at the same time, those two conferences are just going to get so much more love. And then, I guess, so this literally just popped in my head, because I always talk about how ESPN controls the college football playoff, but now if you really think about it, they control the American now, too. Right. So that literally just popped in my head. So I can't really ever use that argument of they don't want them in because they don't make the same money. They're, they're paying. They're paying for it too. But yeah, I ha- I have to say the the four teams are out unfortunately just because I think we can both agree that it doesn't matter how terrible a SEC team is, they could lose three or four games. They're gonna put them in there somehow. Right. Just because they're they love them. For, for me not to go with dirty words real quick because they just love them. ACC Network is literally about to start this year, so you know they're going to be hyping that up as much as they can, just oh, like they've yep. been base, basically have been doing with the SEC. So you got that. And then the Big Ten still gets more publicity than the American, so there's your third one, I feel like, every year. And then you got to fight with the other two. Which I think is what the American, that's the next step for the American, is to get better than those next two. We'll see. They have a better media deal than Pac 12, that's for sure. Do they? Pac 12's media deal is terrible. Don't they make more money? Isn't that what it's all about? They make more money, but I think there's like. There's some, there's something, I was reading up about it, and I would have to do a little bit more research so I don't 
sounds stupid talking about this, but there's something that they screwed themselves over in a sense. Mm. Lovely. Which is why I think that maybe they can, you know, they can maybe compete. I mean, the Big 12, it's not like they have their own network. They're basically the same thing that the American is right now. They have a deal with the ESPN. Hmm. All right. You up or am I up now? That was my question, so you're up. That's it? Are you done? I mean, I have another one that kind of ties in. To that? It's a quick one. Uh, Do that, because mine kind of tie in together. Okay. Do you think the group of five team that makes the New York Six Bowl comes from the AAC this year? That's asking a lot, because I don't know what's going on out of the conference. Um, so yeah, because I don't know what Boise's schedule looks like. They're obviously one of the favorites almost every year to be in that New Year's Six game. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- I feel like it's always just gonna be, be from now on. It's probably just gonna be between the AAC and, and the Mountain, Mountain West. West, and then you might have like a Western Michigan yeah. type run thrown in between there every once in a while. Yeah, I can't argue that. I really can't. I I think I think if I remember correctly, Mountain West is next in line for a media uh contract, right? Are they? I think I saw that somewhere. I don't now, know. I don't I've been pay looking at too, yeah, I know I've been look I've been seeing too much stuff lately with all these media deals. Everybody's talking about it now, so I don't know who, what's close and what's not, but I, I think if I saw right, the Mountain West is next. And you know they are going to try to get something similar. Which they should. Which they should. Yes, I agree with that. But I don't think they will get the same number. No. Because I think... I, I don't know. Because maybe... I, I have East Coast bias, obviously, because I'm on this side. So I don't... You know what I mean? Like, when you live on the West Coast, you have your own... You have your own completely different lifestyle. Hell, you're three hours behind what I'm doing, so... I I could I could not imagine watching a football game on a Sunday at ten eleven a.m. But that's what they do over there. I do it at one o'clock here, and their their football ends at um, let me think. Their football ends over there at eleven. For us, it's two a.m. over here, and I love it. I love those Sunday. I love those Saturday night games that go until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I love it. But at the same time, like like I said, I have this bias on the East Coast, so I I know that my teams on the East are getting watched. Those teams on the West, there's not those crazy people out there like me that are staying o'clock or staying awake until two o'clock in the morning watching those games. So I don't, you know, that's like the weird thing about. I think even for the Pac-12 too, I think that's what makes them a little bit hard to watch as well. We need if you more live crazy where... people like us. Oh, I love every second of it. One of my favorite games a couple of, what was it? Uh, I'm going to say maybe now two, three years ago when I was still living in Baltimore City was me and my buddy were watching a San Diego State game and we were watching it at the bar. Bar closes. We go home. 
at two o'clock in the morning, and this game goes into like two, three overtimes, and it stays on until three o'clock in the morning. And we loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we're rare breeds, so like most people on the East Coast aren't watching that. When you're on the West Coast, I feel like you're watching almost everything because it's there literally when you wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. And yeah, be, gotta be dedicated, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. That's, that's my thing with the, with the Mountain West. I don't know how their contract is going to play out. If you're, like I said, if you're on the West, you have an opportunity to watch every single game. When you're on the East, you really don't, unless you're as dedicated lunatic like you and I. Yep, lunatic is a good word. All right, what's your question? What are your questions? Uh, my questions. There are two to go together. All right, there's the one. I kind of give you fair warning that I was going to do this, but ESPN, they released a, which is kind of ironic considering that they own the college football playoff, but they released what a 64-team college football bracket would look like. And the reason that I honestly really wanted to bring it up was more because I almost feel disrespected by some of the rankings that these teams in the American got in their hypothetical playoff here. Let's just put it this way. They have UCF as a 10 seed, all right? 10, 10 seed. That means they're the 40th, at best, 40th best team in the country. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's a joke at its own right. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let me start naming some of these teams that they have ranked ahead of them in said hypothetical thing here, obviously. Your boys in Minnesota... Kentucky, Arizona State, Nebraska, UCLA, UCLA, Iowa, Iowa. And, I mean, I kind of agree with all the teams in the probably. Well, I don't agree with the seeding, but I'll. I won't argue the one through four seeds that UCF should be in that range. Well, they should be in the five six seed range, I think. Uh, My, since, yeah, Cincinnati's, yeah. Cincinnati's is a 10 seed, which kind of, I don't know, coming off this year that they just had, I don't think they should be a 10 seed. But then you go through, yeah. four, 14 is Memphis, and that's it. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't, so if, if we're talking about overall history of the program's, yeah, okay, it is really just those three, probably. All right, to, to bring back the argument that we had a little bit earlier about comparing the um, the four teams in the American, or no, excuse me, the Florida teams in the uh, ACC, this thing here has the first four out. Three of them are in that conference. Boston College, Wake Forest, Louisville. 
like I said, I think USF, you can throw them in that category if they were to join that conference and stick around for a couple of years. Well, and the thing with this is they're basing it they're, – because they're basing it off of 2019, right? Let's see. They're not using last year's teams because obviously this would be just terrible if it was. But let's see. Oh, yeah, they're using FBI. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand you got to use some sort of criteria for rating these, but there's got to be some. When you see UCF's a ten seed and they're probably going to be in the top ranked in the top twenty preseason rankings, you got to. I don't know. Well, then if you go so if you go deeper into the article, you know, you take a couple scrolls down. It talks about some of the matchups you would see, and it does predict a ten seeded. Cincinnati defeating a seven-seeded USC. Yeah, they also have a 13-seeded Arizona beating a four-seed Mississippi State. Okay, man, that's why you got to like take it with a grain of salt there. Right. Uh, and then, so just so I can keep going with the Cincinnati Senate. beating USC, I forgot about that. That's awesome. I, I I like that. But then they have Cincinnati losing to a Notre Dame, who was a two-seed. Which okay, I, I have no real arguments against that uh then they have where we at a and m beating memphis three versus a four i mean a and m's as of late especially i think now under uh jimbo fisher i think they're gonna be they might become that other school that's competing with clemson and alabama because jimbo is racking in some recruits down there texas a plays clemson this year again right at Clemson? Um, I hope so. That would be great. I think, I think so. I love that they have Syracuse as a 13 and Tennessee as a 4. And Syracuse is winning. Like, what? Yeah. How is Tennessee a 4? Exactly. Why is Might as well put Vanderbilt four? there while you're at it. Or yeah. Arkansas. Isn't Arkansas in this? They gotta be, I'm assuming. Hold on. I think they are. Or are they... Well, I mean, alright, look at the 9 They're 15 nine. seed. <laughs> There's a 9-8 matchup, Nebraska beating Miami. Get out of here. I don't know who did this. Nebraska's the... Yep, I can see that. So. Nebraska is just going to get... so like the, the hype has just begun with them, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. It's just... It's, it's already out of control. Uh, also, how is Texas a 7 seed and Florida's a 2? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, Texas, I didn't get to that point because we, I wasn't going to even bring them up, but where they're ranked is just absurd. Well, and with how, yeah, with how people are viewing them. I mean, everybody's on their... They should be a top, they're going to be a top, they're probably going to be a top five team in the preseason rankings. I, I agree. And they don't have to play Maryland this year, so that's good. The fact that Maryland is even ranked on here tells you i don't know how much you could really take this thing seriously boy yeah obviously you can't all right you have any more questions for me before i ask you my one last question yeah i got one final one all right go ahead (laughs) it's gonna be a great one tell me the number of players that you can name on uconn's football team Oh my god 
I'm I the over under is point five. Point five? Yep. Oh, I'm God. taking the under. Give me a second. <laughs> Don't be googling stuff. I'm not googling anything. I'm just can't even. My God, I can't even remember the running back's name right now. Yeah, oh. exactly. Because David Pendel's gone. Yeah, Pendel's gone. Talk about him every single week. <laughs> they have the running back. I I have his last name, and I can't think of his first name. What's his last name? Mensa. Yeah, Kevin Mensa. Kevin. I I wanted to say Kevin too, but I didn't want to butcher it. Nice. All right, I got one. I, I had to put an ECU UConn hate question on there. Oh, man. All right, that was my fun one for, for the right. pod. And then, here's how we're going to end this pod here. I kind of brought up in that 64-team college football playoff bracket that will never, ever, ever, ever happen. But it is tournament time, so Joe... Give me your final four. Give me a champion. My and final yes, four. And yes, and I guess a month when this tournament is finally over, one of us will have something to say to the other. <laughs> yeah. One, what else one, is of, new? one of us will say, hey, none of my final four teams are right. And the other one will say, hey, same. I'll get one or two. All so them. I have. I'm. Um, Here's the thing. I hate picking my bracket and then realizing that two of my final four teams are teams that everybody picked. But then when you try to think of how am I going to justify Duke losing and risking my bracket looking stupid because I picked someone to beat Duke, that's just so hard to do. So Duke's in my final four. I feel like that's a lot of people's pick. Then I have Michigan. I like them when their bracket. And then because I was feeling super AAC, Houston, and then Tennessee. What? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, excuse me. For a second, I thought Houston and Tennessee were in the same one. No, you're right. Wouldn't that be hilarious? I don't even know which bracket I'm picking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so basically I agreed with you for the most part. I got – oh, no, wait. Give me your champion. Uh, My champion – so I did – so Houston lost to Michigan last year, so I have Houston and Michigan in the championship and Houston winning. You really went homer. Sue me. I don't even care. I like it. I Here's mean, the thing: when I for go the conference, I hope so. That'd when I pick, when I pick great. logically, my bracket sucks. So why not just pick a little bit ridiculous? See what happens. That would be awesome for the conference. It's probably not happening, but whatever. Yeah. Still, still great to add to the resume. There you go. What do you got? Can't go against Duke. Sorry. As much as somebody from Maryland hates saying that, just cannot go against Duke. I agree with you on Michigan. I think Michigan gets out of their region there. I have Virginia making it to the championship game, losing to Duke, and they beat Kentucky as my other Final Four team. 
Wow. Kentucky, huh? I like that Kentucky. I, I think that Kentucky team is not getting talked. I mean, I don't want to say not getting talked about enough, but we know what John Calipari can do come tournament time. But I guess we could say the same thing about Beeline, Krzyzewski, and, oh, my God, who's the coach down at Virginia? Tony Bennett. There you go, except for they lost to a 16 seed. No, no big deal. Hey, tr- hey, trust me, I know. That's Baltimore County, UMBC. <laughs> I know all about that. One of yeah. My, one of my best friends is the strength and conditioning coach at UMBC. So there we it, go. It was like one of the coolest things ever to see one of my good friends on that bench for a colossal upset that we we're probably not going to see for another 10, 15 years. Right. At least. Uh, I'm sure there's that one idiot in every pool now that's going to predict that the, that 16 seed is going to beat a one seed, but it's not right. going to happen. Oh, well, it happened last year. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Be doing, you'd be doing a lot of people in your pool a favor if you do that. Seriously. But, all right. I wanted to talk a little bit of basketball in an episode, so I, I got Joe to talk some basketball. Since it is tournament time, I felt it was only appropriate to do so. There we go. I agree. And we needed to fill some space. As I'm watching Arizona State St. John's. What's the score of that game right now? Uh, Arizona State's up 50-37. Oh, they're killing them. It's 13 points. It's not killing them. Yeah, whatever. Fairly That's... Dickinson came from back from down 12, so... Touche. Touche. Still can't believe my Temple Owls got knocked out by Belmont. I was really looking forward to seeing Temple versus Maryland, just mm. so I could have my Owls knock those Terps out. There you go. Knock them down again. But now I'm rooting for the Terps to take out Belmont and take them out by 20. There we go. I guess on that note, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Underdog Podcast. Please, please, please download episodes, leave reviews, comments, tell us how we're doing, rate us, however you listen to the show. We would greatly appreciate it. We plan to have a show upcoming where we will invite the guys from the Conference USA and we're going to break down the uh, NFL draft, or I guess we're saying probably after the fact of the NFL draft. We will keep you updated on that. Follow Underdog Dynasty on Facebook and Twitter if you're not already. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Serp, Joe Broback at Joe Broback. And until next time, football fans, I like Joe's prediction. Go Houston, win it all at this point. Baby.